What's up and welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritimes. I'm Fidel and we're here with a very special person. Uh, she is in Moncton, which is amazing because we are based in Moncton. Uh, she is the vice co-chair of uh, Dialogue and B. She's also a commercial real estate lawyer and part of a human resources committee of Dialogue and B. We got uh, Mary Christine. How are you doing today? Hi, very good. How are you? I'm doing very, very good. Uh, it's summer, so it's always good not having yeah. snow. So, you know, it's always great to meet people like you. You, 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 you seem pretty interesting. So I was like, okay, let me contact this person. because she, she, <laughs> It looks pretty interesting. And I kind of want to hear her story. So uh, talk a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and how did you grow up? Uh, first, before I answer your question, I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me to your podcast and thank you for the amazing work that you do uh, for the Black community. Uh, so thank you. Uh, my name is Marie, like you said, and I'm from born and raised in Edmonston, New Brunswick. Uh, and then uh, I uh, came here in Moncton to uh, study at the University of Moncton for both my bachelor degree and my law degree. Oh, wow. So Edmonston, very French place. Very French, as you can tell by my accent. <laughs> um, yes, and then most of my family is in Montreal. So we did a lot of uh, family trips to Montreal as well. Um, and I still go to this date. I have my uh, twin sister that lives there. And so we're often in Montreal. So yes, yeah, very French. <laughs> so you have a twin sister as well. Somebody that just looks just like you. The same. So you saw me, you saw my twin sister. Uh, we're both the same. Uh, yeah. So really fun. All right. Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again this is a maritime podcast uh for most of the people that hear us are in the maritimes we're in canada but for those of you who don't know it mr netmissing is up north in new brunswick it's a very french place it's dust borders with quebec and maine in the united yeah. states uh so how was it growing up in edmonston how, how was that like uh so that was very challenging because there was not a lot um of kids that looked like this uh in its small Uh, community so it was challenging but I would say that I'm very lucky that I had my twin sister because we would play together and then we would always be with each other so that was that made it really really easy um, but I will say that it's uh, challenging to uh, be different in a small community like uh, Edmonston many small communities to that matter. I would think so I mean we mm -hmm. we have heard of uh, I've been doing this for four years and again Uh, the Maritimes is not that diverse. I think people think are like, no. oh, it's not like, it, it, it's not. <laughs> no, uh, no. You're a colored kid in school. Uh, you're probably 1%, maybe 0.1%. And that is, uh, you know, a lot, things since changed. I'm not sure yeah. when, when did you graduate it, uh, but things are kind of starting to change but not really uh you know I, I, explaining myself that you know there's still there's more colored kids than before yes but that doesn't mean that they that treat them the same exactly um i graduated from high school in 2010 so it's been a, a while but still um and what was challenging for us was um 
we were what maybe a thousand kids in the in our high school because it's it's one big high school for all these small communities and then like we have in Minston, but all the surrounding areas we all go to the same school so i would say maybe like a thousand somewhere close to that um we were probably less than 10 kids that were um, either black um, asian or from other cultures so um yeah so less than 10 so that's uh that's uh it's not a lot um today there's a lot more like here in Moncton it's a lot more frequent but then again we still have the same uh, we still face the same challenges um and I was lucky because in high school I had my and even in elementary school I had my twin sister so when we were called names or when kids didn't want to play with us because of our uh our hair or because of our color or stuff like that um we had each other to play with so that Kind of, that kind of protected me in some way, um, but still it was really challenging. And my dad, um, who's from Haiti, um, he told us, and I'll remember like if it was yesterday, it's always his one line that he would tell us all the time is that you need to make sure that you are good. Make sure that you're good in one thing and focus on that one thing. And that will, that will put you apart from the rest. And that for us, it was volleyball. So when we were in school, we were involved in volleyball. We played volleyball. We kept busy with volleyball. And we didn't really um, had the, uh, we didn't really face the racisms and comments and other things that I saw kids like me go through in high school because of that, because our dad wanted us to focus on, be good at one thing and focus on that one thing. And that's it. And that really oh, helped. Shout out to your dad, then Sapase, mm -hmm. those people, beautiful people in Haiti. Uh, yeah. Nice, nice place in Jackmel. I, I went to Jackmel one time and made it pretty, pretty good because I'm, I'm Dominican, so I'm right next oh, to okay. them. Next door. So that, that, that makes sense. So, okay. So you already understood, like, again, it's usually a, a quite common thing that kids uh, of color in small places go to some type of racism. That's, mm -hmm. that's kind of like the norm, especially here in, in Atlantic Canada. So, when did you realize that you were different? Like, when was the realize that you that you say like, oh wait, because again, as kids, we don't notice this. We nobody's no. like you don't notice that you're black, brown, whatever. When did you realize that you were different from everybody else? Because somebody usually makes you feel that way. It's not that you notice. Usually, somebody does. Will make you feel that way. Um, it was early on for us and uh, for me anyway. Uh, in grade two, I'll remember my teacher. Uh, Miss Lise Calais, she's listening, she's amazing, but uh, I'll remember, like if it was yesterday, the things that kids would say to us um, when we were playing outside and even in classrooms and uh, making fun of our, for us, it was our hair because we, we had like big curly hair and um, kids would make fun of that because the texture was different and all of, anyway, kids would make fun of that. So I would remember we would talk with Madame Lise Calais and then we would ask like why are kids calling us so and so name and why are they making fun of our hair and why is that and why is this and then she said well um remember that you are like a, a glass of chocolate milk and chocolate milk is always better and then that's what she would say to us to make us feel better but I would I remember like we had a hard time having friends and we would play just the two of us in school like uh, on lunch break and all that um, and then, yeah, kids would call us names that I, I wouldn't even understand, like the words that they were calling us. I, we wouldn't understand because we weren't um, 
faced with those type of like languages like it, it wasn't common in our household but we were called names um because of our our, of our uh, color mm -hmm. oh, wow i mean great it's too. Kind of crazy yeah great too i mean it's a uh, i have kids i have twin boys actually uh mm -hmm. i had two and they realize that they're brown one of them has autism so he doesn't quite understand what's going on and you know when people tell you like there's talks there's like the the, the sex talk there's the sometimes there's not the racism talk mm -hmm. that's not a talk and, and it's not a comfortable one to have because it's sh i feel it shouldn't be but we kind of have to we're going to tell like like okay look uh this will go on not because of you not because of anything you did, not because of anything you have done. Mm -hmm. It's because some people just choose to not like you because of the color of their skin. And that's what they're going to teach their children. Exactly. Like, like it's, it's kind of crazy that people say like, oh, like, it, no, 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 this is thought. Like, yeah, because you grade. don't, you like, you're not born and you don't know those words or they're words that you pick up from home and with your friends in school. But um, for me, anyway, my dad always and my mom, too, they always told us that we were di like we're different, but it's OK to be different. It's a good thing to be different. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, be proud and walk tall and it's OK. But we were always told that we were different. And I'm, I'm assuming for your dad, it was tough as well, because, I mean, a black man in a small town, mm -hmm. very, very French. I mean, I, I could imagine what he went through. He's still there or he or. Yeah, uh, my dad is still in Edmonton right now. He does travel a lot for because we have a family business. He's a uh, self-employed, so we, he still travels a lot for uh, for the business. Um, but he's still in Edmonton and he met my mom uh, when they were in university. And then I think he's, it's been what, 40 some years that he's been in Edmonton. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the first uh, black men to own a business and work from himself in a small community like Edmonton. So yes, um, but he's still there today and he likes it there. Yeah, so I was, I'm assuming he had to have a little bit of tough skin because- Oh yeah. <laughs> In the eighties or nineties, I, I I couldn't even imagine how how that was been. So, yeah. so okay. So the good thing you had your sister, you played together, you had your family, which is that that's the same rock. So uh, again, a lot of people don't have that. Like uh, we no. we've been through, especially with people with single mom, single mothers, and you know, and they don't know. Some people don't even know their their other half, and and yeah. you know, it's it. You know, at least you had that rock. So. So you had your sister all along for the, you know, the middle school, the high school. Mm -hmm. So did it became easier as the years went by? No, for me, it actually became harder. So when we graduated from high school, we both went to uh, Moncton. Um, she was already in Moncton because she was in the uh, sport program for volleyball um, for her 12th uh, grade, for 12, grade 12. And so she was already here. So I just came in Moncton. Um, but she decided that she didn't want to study in university and then she moved to Montreal, but I was here in Moncton. So for the first time uh, I was alone <laughs> and then uh, we're twins, but she's way more um, outspoken than me. So I'm usually the more quieter one. So anytime that we would have comments or people would say stuff to us, she would be the one to react. Uh, and then I was just behind her. But when I 
was alone for the first time, well, then that's when I realized, okay, like I need to find myself and then I need to stand up for myself, speak up when someone says something that's not right. Um, so that was actually kind of a, a first for me um, when I was in university here in Moncton. Oh, wow. So, yeah. and Moncton is supposed to be the big city. This is the, this is the big place. It, it is. I did my, I, my bachelor's in business. And uh, when I started grad, uh, when I started studying here, um, the thing that stood out to me is when I went to university at the uh, administration faculty, um, it's so divided. So when you walk in, you have it's like a there's like couches and stuff, TVs, and that's like mostly the white people that are there. And then you have another section that are people from Africa and you're the people that are the black people are there and then you have other people that are just around but it's really divided and even in the classrooms uh you have the white and then you have mostly like the black people together and then you know some people mix but um it's really divided and that's when I'm like okay wow like well I'm in university um and it's it's still that way like it's still divided that way and most of my friends were black because then I noticed that I use, I have a tendency of going towards people that are like me or look like me. And so most of my friends were of colored. And then I went, I did my four years um, there. And then, yeah, it's pretty sure that it's still this way today, but it's really, really divided. Well, and I think that's what people don't understand about segregation. Mm -hmm. uh, segregation is something that it doesn't happen by accident. Uh, somebody had to make it that way. Somebody had to make you uncomfortable or make it that way. And then people just follow. People don't mm -hmm. ask, why Why is it like this? Like, why are the people just get by? And I mean, great for you that you gravitated to people of color, uh, but I think you also realize that, uh, you know, even at that particular point, like, you're a French Canadian girl and you you're dealing with black people that are are from Africa or other countries some some of them are come from France and the the biggest stigma about people of color is like just because we're black we all think like no we're we're so different everybody's different and we yeah. have nothing in common sometimes no. other than the color of the skin but they put us like oh wait you got to you got to go there so so and again this is supposed to be I think one of the, the the big percentage of the revenue that comes from the University of Montreal is from international students. Yes. Uh, some of them, mostly them are are colored from come from Africa, come from places. They come from different places, not 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 just Africa. I see people that come from France, yes. and and the some the, from the Middle East. But still, there's segregation there. There's there's a there's that stigma. There is, yeah, and it's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's the it's the reality and even in workplace you'll you'll see the same uh, segregation the same division um maybe less today because we're getting we're more and more in Moncton but still it's still there yeah and what I got to that so what was the hardest part like dealing you're by yourself at this point mm -hmm. you're, you're by yourself you have to hide you, you get friends uh what was the hardest part as a individual mm-hmm to deal with, you know, to the emotions of like, oh, wait, I, I have to be sort of in a box that 
I don't choose to be in that box, but I, I kind of have to be. Like, what was the biggest, the biggest thing that kind of said to you, like, oh wow, why, why is this happening to me, or why is mm-hmm. this situation? Like, do you remember? Uh, I remember, and it's still, I, anyway, it's really uh, deep in my heart for me. It's um, for me, I had a struggle when I was talking with my colored friends um, about the the things that were said to me or things that I saw um, like in school or anywhere, um, they would have comments about me not being black enough to understand racism. And then I would have some uh, white people that would say, well, like I'm not white enough to be a part of that, the, of that group. So I kind of felt for the first time in university where I was like, okay, well, I'm not black enough to understand racism and talk about uh, what black people go through. Um, and then, but I'm not white enough to the point where like I'm being called names and stuff like that. So it was really um, a weird feeling to be in the middle. It's kind of like I had, um, I was going through like racism like comments from white people and comments from the black people about um, racism, like this, like the same thing. It's, it's really weird and it's like you're not white enough, but you're too, you're not black enough, but you're not white enough. You're just in the middle and you have to like basically stay in the middle and yeah. Which is bullshit, by the way, because the, 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 the funny thing is, is like, mm-hmm. the reason why it's bullshit is because this is all made by a white person. we didn't choose to do this like uh, like again white people we didn't choose to 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 be the way we are we 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 have no clue we want to live the same way everybody lives exactly and go ahead sorry no and i don't understand why it's such a big deal why uh, the color of my skin or my hair. Why is it such a big deal? Like we're all the same. We talk the same. We we do the same things. Like why is it why is it such a big deal that needs to be like? Why do you need to comment on someone's color um, when there's so much more that we could be talking about? Now, that is one. But the the other thing that I've seen, and especially for women, and and mm-hmm. this is this is something that I've seen. It seems like, and this is not, this is one of the parts that it kind of, it kind of boggles the mind and kind of hurts at the same time. The, our white counterparts kind of like got us by shades and the darker you are, Mm -hmm. it's like the, the meanness goes like more and the lighter you are, they're less, it's like, oh, it's not that bad for you. Yeah. But it's like, and then you have, and, and it kind of points to you, points it, because I've seen a lot of, uh, especially women, not, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, again, please clarify me if I, that they say like, oh, I don't get seen by guys or I don't get did that because of the darker of my skin. And then I mm-hmm. see, they see other light skinned girls that are also black, <laughs> by the way, that get treated. Yeah. The same and they're like oh they have a better and they, they kind of point it out against each other when really we don't we don't think about it that way we don't see the color or the or, or the shade we we don't we were like we're like oh okay cool you're i don't see myself as a black man i see myself as a man 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see my other counterpart as a black woman or dark. I see it as a woman or whatever they decide to be. Uh, but with women, there is a some kind of not only you're the opposite sex that the white man has to be, but other you have a color that we're going to judge by depending yeah. on the shades that you got so it's very true and I faced that here uh, when I started university here in Moncton it's the one thing that was uh, new to me was that people um, my um, the more uh, darker tone uh, woman would say stuff to me about being uh, so light skin and um, going out with their uh, guys uh, because I was light skin and I was I had comments and stuff said to me because of that, but at the same, for me, we were, we're all the same. So um, my dad's Haitian, you're from Haiti, um, they're from Haiti, like we're all the same. So I don't know why I was um, treated differently because of the, the lightness of my color. I still considered myself as a, as a black woman. So. So how, how did you overcome that? Like, like how did you got through that, through that phase? For me, um, I remember what my dad told me when I was in, in high school. It's to be good at one thing and focus on that one thing and be the best that you can be. So for me, when I was in university, I really wanted to have good grades and then I wanted to be good. So I said, well, what way to be, be good is to be like my dad. Um, so I started a business and I, I worked with my dad and my mom in the business here in Moncton that we had a small consignment store. Um, and then I still did my bachelor degree. And after that, I told my dad, well, I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I want to be, I want to realize my dream and I want to become a lawyer. And my dad said, well, Marie, it's going to be, well, it's going to be difficult because there's not a lot like you in that uh, circle, basically, in that legal circle. And I'm like, well, it's worth a try. So, and that's what I did. I tried, I went to law school, but he, he was right. We're not a lot um yeah yeah i mean good for you that you you focus on studies again mm-hmm. congratulations to you that you you were able to overcome by by being focused and a lot of kids a lot of people not a lot of people turn into depression alcohol drugs things mm-hmm. like that uh and you know congratulations to you that you focus and i think focus is one of the main things that people and, and again it's it's that side that when you have a backbone of a family that mm-hmm. that supports you that's definitely families is a big backbone that people need uh it's a it's a big backbone but also um what helps is when you have people that looks like you that do big things in life and that can be inspiring so that's why for me I'm like okay well I want to make sure like I don't have my twin sister here to protect me and do all those great things that she did for me in high school but I want to make sure that whoever looks like me um is more like on the introvert side like me and that can go through those type of um of comments and go through racism the way I did well if I can be an inspiration for them and motivate them to become better and show them that it's okay well then might as well do the best that I can do to be that inspiration and that's what drives me every day is to make sure that I can be that someone for a young girl like me yeah so Mm -hmm. I I will tell you I know two black lawyers in the Maritimes Dr. Neil Clements, uh, which shout out to him, which he's in St. John, and now you. 
See? That's it. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot. I, I actually... No. There's not a lot. I actually did an exercise with my dad because my dad said, okay, Marie, if you want to be a lawyer, just so you understand how challenging it's going to be for you to, to step into that, that world, go on Google and find me five lawyers that are Black in New Brunswick. And he said, you can go outside of New Brunswick if it's going to be easier for you. But I tried, I did the exercise and yeah, there's a yeah there's less well at the time there was less than uh, than five that i could find on uh on google when i was uh yeah i'm so, surprised that you found five i'm surprised that you found <laughs> less, five <laughs> That's less than five yes um i, I, get, mm-hmm. I only know two uh, you're the second one <laughs> <laughs> there's a there was one here in moncton uh a woman and her name I just don't have it on the, it'll come to me, but um, she, uh, she's a black, uh, black woman lawyer, but English, uh, so not French. Um, but I remember when I was doing the paperwork that we have to do for, um, for articling that we have to submit to the Bar Association. Um, there are some documents that we need our signature witness by a lawyer and I went to her. Why? Well, because she, for me, I look, I, she's like me and I'm like her, like, so I have to go see her and I did. And I'll remember like if it was yesterday, like she didn't even charge me the fee that they usually charge for to witness the signature and have the seal. Um, she just said, thank you. Uh, we need more like you, we need more like us. And thank you for, you know, for studying and doing what you do and you'll do great. And yeah, so, and that's another thing for me is when we do great things between us, we kind of motivate each other and we're there for, for each other when we, um, between black peoples. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think mm-hmm. I think one of the issues that we have as people of color is that I I see that from the Asians and from some some Arabic cultures, not not all of them, but some of them that mm-hmm. you know they're in circles and and they don't even have to like each other. They don't even they they don't even get along in there. However they do understand that they need more of them in order for to become an equal playing field. Like they understand that we need more accountants. We need more lawyers. We need more. And, and it, and it goes in the parents. Like you see that African parents and Middle Eastern parents are like, no, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be an engineer. And it's not only, I, I never, I, I understood it at some point. And, but I also understood that they are, some of them understood like, look in this world, the only person that is going to understand your struggle is somebody that actually has been to your struggle. Mm-hmm. That's, sure. that's the only way it works. And when you don't have a black doctor or a black judge or a black uh, engineer or black, they won't understand that, Oh, you have to go through hoops to, to get this. Exactly. Like, why, why, why can't you get the, like the other person is like, Oh no, no, this is, this doesn't work this way for us. This works a different way. And only somebody that has experiences, it's only the person's going to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a white person will ne- will be oblivious and be like, well, you just do this, but that, that doesn't work that way. And walk me through the law school part, because that's that's a lot of years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a lot uh, of years. Like, <laughs> how many years did you do? Uh, so bachelor degree is four years. I took a year off to for my business venture. Uh, and then law school is three years plus one year um, for articling. So basically um, eight years altogether. And you did it all in, in Moncton, in University of Moncton or? 
for me, for me, it was important that I do that I study law in French. So I did it here in University of Moncton because it's one of the only university that you can um, learn common law, which is English, um, but in French. So I, it was really important for me to do it here. So I, I, I have a very personal question. Mm -hmm. uh, you are in Moncton, your sister's in Montreal you're going through all of this as a, why didn't you ever leave? For me, leaving is too easy. Uh, for me, I really wanted to, to be here. I wanted to stay in my province. I've studied here. Um, I've invested a lot in New Brunswick and it was hard. It was, for me, it was important to stay and give back to uh, my community, give back to my province and, uh, stay here because a lot of people will study here and then just leave and go in bigger cities uh, but we need professionals here and it was easier for me to stay here and focus on my goal and then to go somewhere else um, yeah so that's why I'm that's, still here yeah that that's I commend that for you and then mm -hmm. I again I myself I think the same way I'm like I, I'm not leaving I'm like I'm not I'm not I could have been places, but I was like, you know what? I got my kids here. I got everything here. And I'm like, I I don't think I want to go to a place that there's more. Exactly. The grass is not always greener on the other side. So we, we there could be more of us in Montreal, but we still face the same challenges there. It's just there's more. Um, and not only that, there's a battle to fight here. It, it, yeah. It's not it's, it's not really like. I feel like people think that racism and discrimination is just going to go away. It's it, it's not, not unless we do something about it, not unless we have the conversation that we're having right now, not, not unless uh, more of us step up and um, we need more of us like on leadership's role and more of us in, as lawyers, judge, like in the politics, like we need more um, of us, um, yeah, we yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I think uh, I myself, I follow politics, I understand politics. I talk too much about politics. Uh, <laughs> but like that's dad. because, yeah, but that's because I, I feel like it is necessary to not only talk, but understand it, because a lot of people don't understand politics. They don't understand what, what the federal level, what the provincial level, what the municipal level is. And the, the other things that I'm seeing is, is that it is different. Like when we see in the current government that the diversity ministry is white, that the original minister is white yeah. and they have nothing. And they, they did this now, uh, they're doing this racism survey type of thing. And I'm like, this is not necessary. <laughs> no. like, this is it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Um, unless you've been through what we've been through, then you can't really understand what it is like to be uh, of color in the Maritimes. Um, you can't really understand unless you live it. So that's why we need people like us in those seats um, and at those tables that make those uh, big uh, decisions. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think one of the issues that I, I take for granted and people take for granted is like, for example, I follow all the parties, conservative, green, NDP and liberal. And when I see somebody like Leslie Lewis, which is conservative, I don't agree with certain parts of what she says. However, this is a black woman 
in the conservative party you're like that's a that's a win like that yeah like so when you get a, yeah when you get somebody in the greens uh which that didn't work out and you know that kind of got the racism part of the green party which i never thought they had but like when you see women and black women and black men in in, in different like in different parties i feel like that's the best thing we could ever do we should be in every party we should be in everything and we should be able to say we should be able to say okay look we may don't think politically but we all think that hey racism that's that's a no-no so we, we gotta mm -hmm. like that's like at least we can agree on 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 all on that so i definitely think that it's important that people like you stay here because i think the you know you you're somebody that will that kind of understands the fact that, hey, you know what? I'm needed here. Yeah. Not because of you, but for other people like me that probably were going to go to the same thing. It took me a while, uh, to be honest with you, it took me a while to be comfortable talking about um, what we've been through when we were younger and the, the, the challenges that we face like every day to day to day, it took me a while to be comfortable because um, I would get a lot of comments. And even when I did um, a public dialogue for Dialogue and the, the aftermath was good. Like I had good comments, but I had people saying, well, I don't know why you're, you take part in those type of things. because you, you're not black, like you don't understand. So it really took a, a, a lot for me to be comfortable talking about it out loud and being here today and uh, being here and proud because um, I always felt like maybe I shouldn't talk about it because maybe I don't understand. Maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not black enough to understand this, but no, I am and I can talk about it and we need to talk about it. And yeah, that's why I, and now I'm way more um, into talking about it and way more involved in the black community uh, in the Maritimes right now. Well, and for those people that say that, I, I will put an example, and I'm pretty sure you've been through this example because I've been through it, and a lot of people that are, you're at a table of your peers. Mm -hmm. You're at a table of your peers, and you're talking to them, everything's good, until somebody comes and asks you within the peers that you don't know the same question, where are you from? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you didn't ask the other 20 white people where they're from. Yeah. But you 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 asked me. And from somebody like you, if you go, I'm from Edmondson, they're like, oh, and they are going with the next question, but they yeah. disguise it's like, no, no, no. Where are you really from? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so is true. your dad from like is somebody from there? And then you're like, Oh, and going back to that, it's like, that's when you tell people like, oh, no, no, no. I, the same question that you get, I may be lighter skin mm -hmm. or biracial, whatever the hell you want to call it. But yeah. to these people, I'm still not from here. Even if I was born here, raised here, even if mm -hmm. I'd never been to any other place, I'm, uh, somebody's going to tell you that question. And we all get that question. We In all the high in the highest level of academia or in the lowest level at a bar? We all get that question and I, I can't count how many times I got that question. Um, yeah, it goes back to what I was saying, like where I'm not white enough to be 
like to be a part of the, the, the white circle, but then again, not black enough, but still I get asked that question a lot. And when I say I'm from Edmonton and I have family in Montreal and all that, okay, well, hmm, where's your parents from? Are your parents from here? And then that's where I have to go into the, okay, yes, my dad is from Haiti. My mom is from here. And that's what you get from the two mix. That's me, voilà, that's me. And, but we get asked that question all the time. And my sister has a son now, he's nine months, uh, Nathan, and he's here visiting right now. And her um, fiance is from Haiti as well. Um, so he's a little bit darker than me, but still. And we got asked that question like, oh, um, his dad must be some black because uh, he's kind of dark. And that person said that comment and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, he's not like, it's a nine months baby, like, and you're talking about his skin color. Um, and we're like, that's 2022. And I'm like, okay, well, and again, that's why, and when I look at my nephew and I, I hear those type of comments, that's why we need, I, I'm here, that's why we need to talk about those things, because sometimes people will say comments, it's not to be mean, it's not to be, to be rude or anything, but they'll say things that it's not natural for me to ask someone, is that your real hair? It's not a natural question to ask someone. Um, it, like it's asking about, oh, is, that, is his dad black? It's not, for me anyway, it's not natural to ask those type of questions. Um, and yeah, and I've been asked that not later than a week ago about my nephew, so. So I was talking to some people, This was they were very nice people and, and it was a very, very nice conversation. We talked about different things, books, politics, you know, like technology, different things. And it was nice. And one person asked me the same thing. Where are you from? And at that point, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Let me just go. And, and, yeah. and, I, and I politely, I was like, you know what? That same question I've been asked a lot of times uh, because of, you know, the color of the game. And I wonder myself, is that really necessary? And the guy was just like, he just, he just like stumbled and he would kind of change the conversation. And then he was like, you are right. It, it, that that's not necessary. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure how my friend changes the conversation. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. Again, there, you know, if we are, I don't know, if we're talking about something that says, and I say, oh, well in my country or, oh, in my culture or what, like maybe that makes mm -hmm. part of curiosity. But if we're talking about baseball or football or I don't know, uh, the sky, I don't understand where my ethnicity plays a part. Exactly. I couldn't agree less. It's, I mean, I, we were walking in the garage and we, we got asked that question. So I don't know why it matters, but uh, yeah. And I think that's where education plays a part. Like we need to educate ourselves, educate our, our kids, uh, the younger ones that, um, like some questions we don't need to ask. Um, and I talk about hair a lot because it was a big thing for us, maybe it's because I'm a woman, but for us, it was a big thing that people would ask, like, is it your real hair? And I made a statement today to keep my hair natural. So that's why I have my hair natural. Um, just to say it's okay to have your natural hair. You don't have to put weaves. You don't have to put a wig. You don't have to do all those chemical treatments just to hide your hair. It's okay to have your curls and be proud of your curls. And, and but I get asked that question all the time. Is it your real hair? And, and there again, I, my hair were too curly to be like the, my 
my white friends, but then the, the black girls would make fun of our hair because they, they would say like, oh, like you're trying to be this and that, you try to be like us, you try to do this. And we were always mixed in the middle, but all the time we get asked, is it your real hair? And it's for me, it's, I don't know, I don't ask people, I wouldn't ask you like, is it your real hair? Like I wouldn't ask some, like just a stranger, is it your real hair? It's just, um, I don't know, weird question to ask. And it's not only weird, but it puts pressure emotionally, especially for mm-hmm. women. I think I think the all these hair products and all this crap that they sell you uh, mm-hmm. just so you could look a part of somebody that doesn't even look like you. Because there's no reason when I see especially people from Africa, mm-hmm. I see a lot of girls and it's changing now. It's it's a it's a bit different because I, I had this conversation before. I see a lot of people putting uh weaves or or like extensions and, and wigs and bleaching their skin. And to some point, I'm like, who are you trying to look like? <laughs> yeah. Like, and and there is the reason and I, I had to ask again I, I don't think I should because I'm a man I I that, that that I don't have to deal with none of that thank god I guess uh and somebody told me like well sometimes if you want to get ahead in the corporate ladder, you have to kind of look similar that your wider counterparts and I was um, like whoa I will say you want to you don't want to look different you don't want to stand out so you in some way, yes, you want to kind of look like um, your other um, colleagues. So talk to me about that. Like you are a lawyer. You mm-hmm. are uh, in a place that uh, you said it. There's not a lot of people like you. Uh, you can't. And so how do you deal with that when you because you you know how this works now? You're an yeah. adult, you understand how it works, you understand, but other people don't see that. So how, how do you deal with those situations? For me, I'm very lucky uh, to be a part of a great team at Actus Law. It's, uh, I've always felt uh, welcome and like I belong. So I'm very, very lucky. Um, but again, I try to use the fact that I'm a lawyer. I try to use that and I try to change change things. I did notice that there's like, not necessarily like in my my personal career, but I did notice, um, and those are type of comments that I'm still uncomfortable with, but there's still, um, and I'm pretty, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but people will say, oh, um, they're black, like they're not gonna pay, we don't want their, we don't want their business. Um, stuff like, I had that when I was a, a business owner. Um, oh, no, 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 we don't wanna do business with them, they're, they're black, they're not gonna pay. Um, I still hear that comment, so sometimes it's uncomfortable for me, cause I'm like, well, it's I'm a part of it's I'm black too so and we're not all that we're not all the same and I'm sure there's uh, white people that will not pay um and I, it doesn't matter the color there are people that will not pay but I we I hear that comment a lot and it's so uncomfortable because again we're all if you do one back one bad thing um you do a we we're, we're all in the same boat if you do so that's why it's important I feel for us to to be more careful and to do work 10 times harder than anyone else to make sure that everything we do, we do it right and we do it well. And that, cause it will show for all of us, not just me. Yeah. And you know what? 
at one point, I I do agree with you in that sense, but I, I also think that even if you're, again, I follow uh, a lot of influential Black people. There's only one Black billionaire in Canada. There's there's another guy that's uh, that is, he's on Dragon's Den. He's the only Black guy there. And I follow a lot of these influential people and, and they, they agree exactly with what you're saying. But then you get a case and it's not here, but it could be. then you get a case like George Floyd. Uh, when you get the case like George Floyd, when you see the whole thing, George Floyd, yeah, he's been in jail. Uh, yeah, he was just trying to get a cigarette. And this guy was begging for his life. Yeah. He was begging for his life. And it's like, in my head, it's like, it could have been anybody. It could have been anybody asking for their life. And I'm like, we work 10 times harder. We got to do 10 times harder. But does it really matter to the other side? That that's that's what I that's when I when I look at I, I'm a following of race car and I look at Lewis Hamilton, which is the only black guy in Formula One, which is like an elite sport. Mm-hmm. And he says that he's been called nigger so many times that it's not even like he he lost count, and he's at the highest level. And he said, it doesn't really matter if I'm the best guy. It doesn't really matter if I'm the elitist guy. To some people. I'm just an N-word. Yeah. And I'm like, and and when you say that, I, I sometimes think I'm like, I don't really know. I don't really have the answer of that. Like if, if higher, yes, will politics, power, money, uh, academia, would that help? Of course it will. Mm-hmm. Of course it, it definitely will. However, does the other counterpart think it does, like even if we're equal in their level? I think we would still face the same maybe not at the same intensity, but we would still face the same comments to will always be that N-word or whatever word to some people, whatever we do in life and how good you want to do it, whatnot, you'll still be that person for, for someone. So I kind of agree with you on that point. Yeah, and well, I think that the also thing is like, we need to have those conversations. And, and I think mm-hmm. I, I commend you that you said that at one point, you were afraid I was, of yeah. even talking uh, talking about it. And, and I think uh, I myself, I think that's one of the keys to things. I think we need to stop being afraid of, of, of saying that conversation because it, it only happens to us. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. Like, I'm pretty sure it happens to Indigenous, but I, I can't talk about the Indigenous struggle because mm-hmm. I'm not Indigenous. Exactly. Uh, however, when, when somebody that Indigenous talks to me about it, I'm like, whoa. This is, but they have to speak out and they have to not be afraid of doing it. And I, and I think that's one of the, the reasons when I see like things about black, like Black Lives Matter or other movement that again, no, no movement is perfect. No movement ever is. That's not going to happen. Neither white, black or brown or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's losing that fear of saying this is wrong. Exactly. And, and sometimes to some people, it, it, they pay a high price for that. And we're not afraid. Like, uh, well, I looked the other day at the Lancel Mandela movie, which I looked a bunch of times. He paid the highest price for speaking out. He spent 30, almost 30 years in prison for not even 
for just being black and apartheid. But he he made the goal, but some people wouldn't pay that price. Some people would have just kind of lean in the back end and try to smooth out. And some did. And again, no, nothing wrong with that. It's just that I think what you just said that once once you lose and encourage that, I think I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that how we combat that just by speaking out on every level. Yeah, I had my uh, I had that conversation with my dad where he's like, Maria, I'm not too comfortable with you talking about, you know, racism and stuff like that, because you didn't really had you didn't really had it hard when you were growing up. Like, if you know, I protected you from that and all those great things. But then I told him, I like that. I'm like, I, I can make a difference. You know, young girls could look at me and maybe they'll try to reach out for the, the highest star and then they'll try to do what they really want to do in life, not what they think they, they need to be. Um, and then, but we still have that conversation, that talk, me and him. And he's like, well, it's not going to matter to black people, whatever you do, like they'll always find something to say. Um, and it's weird because he's, he's not even bothered about, it's not the, the, the white folks, it's more within our circle for him. It's what the other people, black people will say about me speaking up and me talking about racism because um, again, like we're, we're so judgmental between, between us. And that's why I think we need to work together. We need to work with each other and we need to be a team or whatever we do, we need to support each other and be, uh, be good with uh, each other as black people. But for with yeah, my dad- I, Sorry, Rada. no, no, I agree. I think it's, uh, yeah. I think we all need to stuff. But I, I think the other thing is like, again, everybody's gonna think, cause that's, that's one of the things that I, I think about people of color. It's like, we're not all the same. It, it, we're not all the same we're that's that's one of the reasons why i started this podcast because we're different we're, we're we think different we act different mm-hmm. we just have a shader melanin tone and you get us judged by that and i think that's the thing like i think in, in, a, in a way i think your dad's right like the way we think about each other but in another way it's like you know but that's the beauty of it the beauty is like yeah. like all white people don't get along and they still roll the whole system. So I, I don't see how we don't have to get along when we could still do things and, and, and yeah. defend, you know, our, our dignity and our, our instinct as humans. I think that's, that's, that's the best part. And I think, yeah, I think we all need to kind of face in the same front and say, Hey, look, this is not in, in our way. Like you are, I think you're a very, you know, educated, very focused person, you deal with it however you feel you have to deal with it and, and you do your part and, and people, other people do their part. But once that all gets synergized together, then it just becomes a force that, that I think that it is. So uh, talk to me about the dialogue and being how you like, uh, we've been to that, like how you got the community, how did you get involved in, in different organizations and things like that? How did that turn, how that came about? So when I became a lawyer, I told myself, I don't want to be just a lawyer. I want to do something in my community and I want to do something that will matter to me. And what matters to me is um, that we are all equal and that we should all have the same opportunity to do whatever we want to do in life. We, should, we shouldn't face uh, challenges because we're different. And the reason why I say that is because when I was in law school and I, I was doing a moose trial, um, 
as basically like a, a fake trial that we do uh, between uh, law for, law um, faculties in the law schools in the in, in Canada. And that was in Quebec and I was getting ready for that and I was so uh, stressed and my anxiety level was so high. And then I was talking to my dad and then I noticed when I was talking to him because I was saying like, oh dad, I'm scared that I, I forget like my argument or I forget this, I forget that. And then I told him like, what if I'm the only black person there? Like, are they gonna say something? And that's, it shouldn't be something that we should worry about uh, when we're trying to achieve things is our, we shouldn't be worried about the fact that will I be the only black person there? Are they gonna say something if I'm the only black person there? And what if this and what if that? And then that's what I noticed that I'm like, okay, Marie, no, that's not right. And then when I became a lawyer, I told myself, I want to do, I want to be a part of an organization that does good for the province and that will fight for to make sure that uh, New Brunswick is good for everyone. And that, that what's uh, Dialogue and Be, that's our mission. That's what we do. And that's what we believe in. And we want a New Brunswick for all, not just for the white, not just for, it's a New Brunswick for everyone. And everyone should have the same opportunities. Yeah, I, I mean, I done some uh, moderation for Dialogue and B. Shout out to Nadine. Uh, she's back yes. again. <laughs> yes. uh, and I had the opportunity to work and, and have different conversations. And yeah, I think uh, conversations are needed. I, I think mm -hmm. a lot of conversations are needed. And I think it's not just a one-way street. Like, no, Then that's why we have a lot of dialogues that we will talk about those difficult questions and we'll have those conversations. Uh, and it's important to have those conversations. And that's how uh, we can make things better is by talking about it and not be afraid to talk about it like I was not too long ago. Um, so, yes. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that, again, I, I do want to congratulate on those positions mm -hmm. that you got and, and the work that you guys are doing. So thank you. How do you see yourself? Like, what, what do you what do you, where do you want to reach uh, on not only on the professional level, but at, at like some type of the, an activism level that you're kind of doing at this point? Uh, right now, it's hard to say. I feel like I'm going places, but I kind of don't know exactly the final destination of where I'm going, but I want to keep uh, talking about um, the Black people, Black people in the Maritimes. I want to make sure, I want to keep being involved uh, with dialogue and be in the mission that we have. But uh, to be honest, when I look at my nephew and um, I, like, I see like all that he has in front of him and the opportunities that he has and what he could probably face because of his color. I want to be a voice for, for those little for the, the, the little ones. And I want to make sure that they're not afraid to become what they want to be in life. Because it's when you're young that you dream about those. You have those crazy dreams that, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a police. I want to be this. I want to be that. And it's okay to have those dreams. And they can become reality too. But um, you, you shouldn't let yourself down or be down or you shouldn't kill your dream because of what people say about you and the hurtful things that will be said about you so I want to be there for the younger ones uh, I think it's really important that they have a a, a path and then that they have people that they can see and uh, be inspired from mm, that's deep that's pretty cool so I, I definitely Mm -hmm. I agree on that 100% and I, I commend you for doing that. So I, I do have one last question for you. Yes. Uh, what is it like for you to be Black in the Maritimes? It's, um, I will say, to be honest, it's a good thing. 
uh, it's a great thing actually, even though we have challenges and then even though I'll have, I'll get asked the question that we were talking about, I'll get that asked like a million times, I know. Um, it's still a great thing to be black in the Maritimes. Um, we support each other. We uh, like, ever since I've became a lawyer and then I'm involved with Dialogue and B, I had uh, black people, uh, black business people reaching out to me and wanting to support me and referring me people. And it's been great. I've been having a lot of uh, positive feedback and um, yeah, so it's, it, there's challenges and there will always be, but um, it, for me, it's good. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, but in the Maritimes. So that's awesome. So Mara Christine, thank you for doing this. This was a really cool conversation. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. So yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for your time. And thanks again for everything that you do. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> so guys, uh, uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please uh, rate, subscribe, leave us a comment. Thank you for your donations. You can still donate on PayPal or Patreon, and you can go to our website, blackandamaritimes.com. Peace out. <laughs>